Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. everybody welcome to go home bible you're drunk the podcast where we drag out our dusty old bibles and check out the places we highlighted because we found out they were super inspirational at one time and see if they still do anything for us my name is justin i was a former pastor a seminarian still hold that degree that it can't take everything away from me um and podcaster and bible internet expert I'm joined today by my lovely co-host. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Tori. Um, I am, yeah, former evangelical. I was, you know, homeschooled, dropped out of Bible school. Um, And yeah, so we had lots of fun experiences every morning reading the Bible for an hour. We've read the Bible many, many times. Too many times. <laughs> Too many times. And we have a guest with us this week who is who was uh, inflicted with the same horrific existence that I was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Alice, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Alice Hamilton. I'm Tori's younger sister. One of oh, many. One of many. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about the good old fashioned Bible reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did what what did you do before you before you left Christianity? What, what kind of Christian were you? A good one. Better than the ones that you see. I actually read the Bible. I really believed I was actually into it. Uh, yeah, I feel like the people that are still in the church are the ones that were just like half assing it the entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. if you actually tried to apply this shit, you would then be forced to realize that it doesn't work. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think Christianity survives really well when it's half-assed. Um, That's when it really thrives. Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> man, it can grow so fast, but you start actually full-assing it and it's <laughs> like, well, oh boy, yeah. no, we yeah. gotta go. You can't do this. <laughs> you can't do this. I don't, I think that if you're a Christian and you haven't read the entire Bible, like you're not really a Christian. You're like a Jesus fanboy. It irritates Mm -hmm. me the same way that like people would, you know, it was fashionable to wear like a Ramones t-shirt, but then all these people that didn't even listen to the Ramones were wearing Mm -hmm. a t-shirt. I'm like, Mm -hmm. why do you have a cross tattoo and you've never read the book? You fucking poser. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, that's, that's a very good analogy. 
for sure. I had, I had when I was, oh gosh, where was I? I was working, I was working some retail job and like this person came in and they were buying shit and I commented on their tattoo because I was like 18 or 19. I must've been 19. And like, they had this Bible, they had a couple Bible tattoos that I could see. And so he starts telling me all about this solemn that he, like his pastor gave him or something. And he was just so really into it. It was like, and so he felt like he needed to go get a tattoo. And then I'm like looking at his tattoos again, I'm realizing like, he's trying to say songs. And it's not that he couldn't say it if he had wanted to, he just forgot how to pronounce it. And like, you have multiple scriptures on your body, but like. It's like Donald Trump, like two Corinthians. Like I was p- just thinking of two Corinthians. <laughs> the Psalms. <laughs> I had someone tell me that um, they named their child after a Bible character. And I was in junior high. I did not have the heart to tell them that Jessica is not a Bible name. <laughs> I was like, yeah, totally. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm sure she's in the Bible. She's in the like appendix. Yeah. What notes? In the appendix. Like I'm thinking like the Lord of the Rings appendix. I was really you know, it's the same as the the same thing. Yeah. I wish we would have read the Lord of the Rings every morning instead of the Bible. Yeah. I fair. I've actually debated with my kids um, whether they should read the Lord of the Rings first or see the movies. They haven't, we haven't gone Mm -hmm. there quite yet. Right. Cause they're not quite big enough. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I'm also like, I, I love Lord of the Rings. It is a special place in my heart. I also realize it is not an easy book to read. (laughs) It's similar to Mm. reading like the Iliad or Beowulf, you know, it's just, it's not, not quite not quite as hard yeah but it's slightly easier it's for most americans i would say it's basically beowulf um (laughs) it just it doesn't might as well be the epic of gilgamesh for how (laughs) fucking little americans read yes yeah for sure and i I read the silmarillion i did all of that shit um and yeah i tried to read the books after the movies came out and i was like Mm. oh shit i guess i'm like a movies fan Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, I think a lot of people did that. They're like, Oh, I got to read these books now. And you're like, Oh, wait, wait. Get off way more than you could chew. I told my mom, I, cause uh, you know, homeschool upbringing. She was like, what do you want to write a book report about? So I was like, Oh, the two towers. I don't know why I skipped the fellowship, but uh, I just hmm. did the cliff notes of the two towers. I did not read the book. Right. Yeah. Homeschoolers, evangelical homeschoolers, very committed to a solid education as I'm sure, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it was a disaster anyway we are uh we're doing we're doing a slightly different um kind of episode because we're going to talk about evangelical halloween shit and um i guess the satanic panic in general i don't know if they like i don't think they started it but they capitalized on it how would, how are we even going to define this? The satanic panic, there's been so many of them, like there. since like the 14 fucking hundreds where they just, you know. That doesn't, the entire, yeah. the entire Middle Ages was the satanic panic. Was the satanic panic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, well, let's, I'm just, just to say that evangelicals did not start they didn't, it. They didn't start, well, like they didn't start anything else. They're just copying yeah. everybody's shit. They copied everything else. Yeah, for sure. Like their patron saint is C.S. Lewis, who was an Anglican <laughs> universalist. Like, <laughs> they don't understand what is happening. Yeah. No. Um, 
Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, some pop cultural stuff and some yeah weird Christian Halloween things. Yeah, um, I just because- learned a bunch of background on Hall- on like how the satanic panic infiltrated the church. So I'm mm. excited for this podcast. Nice, nice. Um, before we go full satanic panic, though, uh, I did. We did want to talk a little bit about um, the. I wouldn't say it's a cultural phenomenon. I would say it's it is a a niche film or series that a lot of people that are deconstructing have been watching. Um, that would be the show on Netflix, Midnight Mass. So uh, I would say spoiler warning for people that uh, really want to see it but haven't seen it yet. You may just want to skip ahead, you know, ten minutes or so. Um, mostly because Tori and I thought about starting this as like spoiler free and then moving into spoilers, but we realized there's just no way that we can really really... structured in such a way as to not. It is hard to talk about without spoilers. Yeah. I'm just going to say that I think there should be a statute of limitations on spoilers. It's like, if you wanted to see this without it being spoiled, you had your chance and you yeah, can't wait a year and be like, like no one else is allowed to talk I don't know. About I don't know it. how long it's been out, but yeah. that's I think it's like a, there is a statute of limitations on spoilers. That's I think it's been out a month. Yeah. So I feel like a spoiler warning is fair, but Real. yeah, like people are doing spoiler warnings for like the matrix. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> yeah, like, the Bible. Like, sorry, dude. Like <laughs> he comes back. Yeah. Like the matrix <laughs> isn't, no idea. you find out the matrix isn't real. <laughs> 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 that happened. So, um, so Midnight Mass for for those of you that are like, I don't care about spoilers. I just want to hear you guys talk about it. Uh, it's a show on Netflix. Um, it's done by Mike Flanagan, who's done House on Haunting Hill and uh, I don't know the Spooky Bly Manor. I don't know what the names are, um, but uh, so he's done other horror things. And this is this is like it was a very long form. This is the first one of those I've seen. I I will just admit at the top here, I'm not a horror movie fan. Like the whole genre itself. Like I watched that ring girl and she still scares me. Like, so I just want to terrified me. It is a a terrifying, it's a terrifying film. Um, (laughs) It's still, I'm telling you, it still scares me. Uh, But um, for this one, I felt like people kept saying like, if you're interested in deconstructing religion, how religion impacts the way people behave in the world, it's probably something you should watch. So I watched it. Um, it's like most horror things in America that are. It's in, not nearly as bad as most horror things in America. Well, it, just, it's, I, just I should say, yeah, it, it's as far as a horror scary. film, it's more of like a drama with some horror elements. It's not. Yeah. It's not super horrific. There's a couple there's jump a, scares. There's not, a couple jump scares and yeah, but then you kind of, they like slowly introduce, well, I guess they don't slowly introduce like, like the, the, the demon. Well, the character I lovingly refer to as Demon Baby. Demon Baby. Not yeah. a baby. He is a demon big boy. <laughs> as someone who doesn't really like horror, I could watch this and I was I was fine. Uh, right. The most the most right. horrific things actually were the religious characters. Um, mm-hmm. They were the most terrifying things. And I think uh, I did briefly read that Gospel Coalition article about it. And they talked about the character of Bev as being like, oh, she's just such a caricature and you know she's just making fun of religious fundamentalists like no i've known people like beth like have you met my mother like yeah the way that you you two describe or the way that tori describes your mother it made me think of beth in some ways and and i've known women and men too that were kind of like bev 
um, very condescending, very like passive aggressive, very, are you making fun of me? I can't tell if you're insulting me or you're just being religious. Like I, and so I've known most people. So she is a caricature, but she is a accurate caricature from my experience for sure. Um, Yeah. I've heard, I've heard our mom compared to Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. Of yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Just be grateful this Halloween that you were not raised by our mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I, before I started it, because I didn't watch it until this week. um, But I, (laughs) earlier in the week, uh, Crispin Mayfield tweeted and he was like, so I'm only two and a half episodes into Midnight Mass, but um, did Frank Peretti write this? It was like, that is exactly the energy of like the first couple episodes. Yeah. It was like big Frank Peretti energy, (laughs) especially like the flapping sound, like going over the town. Like, oh God, Jesus, fix it. (laughs) Yeah, there there was, you know, and Frank Peretti definitely did crib a lot from Stephen King. Like, but it does have that like small town, like how horrific is this going to be? There's all these religious characters you know, is, is God going to come in and fix it? Which is what happens in all Frank Peretti novels. Like God comes in and fixes it at the end. Um, but God does not come in and fix this. The sun shit. rises. God has come to fix the yeah. shit. Yeah. The, Sorry, yeah, the, you're all going to hell. Yeah. Um, Frank Peretti even did cameos in uh, some oh of the movies that were made. made of his the, films, the cheesy his Christian books. movies. Oh, God. Yeah, one of oh them God. I think had Leon Meester in him. But uh, yeah, just just going to completely rip off Stephen King at every chance. Yeah, that's um, a little weirdo. So I found I think what struck me about Midnight Mass is the they have these very long conversations. Like mm. I I think the miniseries format allows it allows for that. If it was, it was a movie, it would be very different. Yeah. It would just be like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, one poignant conversation. Right. jump scare run from vampire zombies um like and that would be the end and it would be fine um but you know these long conversations about death and about yeah. you know the differences in belief between these characters uh, the character riley he is someone who was religious and is now an atheist um and he certainly was the most ethical character in yeah. the show um and I found that contrast to be the most interesting to me, that you have this atheist character who is very open about the fact that when I die, my brain is going to dump a ton of DMT and I'm going to have the most fantastic dream in the world for about t- two seconds and then nothing. Um, like he's just very, very, very open. And like, the, I, honestly, I watched the, his little speech a couple times because it was, mm-hmm. it was it was very it was beautiful it was good, yeah. you know um i would say yeah if you're not gonna watch it you know just skip to episode five fast forward a couple spots just watch that scene mm-hmm. um so like very but he is the one that faced death with the least amount of fear the least amount of anxiety um he and of his own volition because of, he knew that he could not be the kind of person that he had chosen to be like after his life had been like permanently changed. Right. He knew that he could not be 
he could not live up to his own like moral standards as just for just for humanity and so he was like well mm-hmm. i'm not doing this anymore i'm out yeah. yeah and if if you haven't seen it um and you don't care about spoilers he he killed someone in a drunk driving accident he was alcoholic was an alcoholics anonymous um he gets turned basically into a vampire like it's like vampire light uh it's they're weird. not like it they're you know it's they, vamp- they it's can't like vampires- be in this it's vampires meets like the resurrection of Christ somehow. Yeah, because they're like, not dead per se. It but, makes sense. But sunlight kills them and they crave blood. Uh, that's, that's basically <laughs> what it is. Um, and he's like a freak for it. Like they, you know, when they do give him some blood, he's, you know, he's fully, you know, he wants he wants him some blood. But he realizes that like this, this addiction will overtake me and I will hurt people that I love. And I will become a monster. And so I'm going to go out on a boat with someone I care about. I'm going to tell her to get as far away from this island as possible. And I'm going to watch the sunrise. Like, and I think it struck me, like, I don't know if it ever hit me before, but like the only ethical, the most ethical thing you could do if you became a vampire would be to kill yourself. (laughs) Like, there's just not, there's not, there's not a way to make vampire ethical. I don't know. What about a vampire that only eats cops? Uh, okay, oh, fair, fair. Oh shit. Okay, see, th- th- like this—that's a movie right there. That should be my fight again. Like, next. Like, like, god damn it. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I only hunger for cops. <laughs> I only eat congressional Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We call oh, it ra- ra- rarefied taste would be the name of that. <laughs> Uh, so I found that to be fascinating and I think the religious response to the film was interesting and and I think that actually a friend of mine on Facebook commented that they were kept kind of waiting for God quote unquote to show up Mm. in the film because you have all these people praying you have all these people you know begging God for redemption or like trying to make this thing into God and God does not show up God does not show up no, not even baby shows up. And he's a scary motherfucker. But God, God does not appear at any time or place. Like it's extremely realistic. Yeah, I know. Like mm-hmm. it's really, it's really fascinating because Riley is like very upfront about the fact that he's like, I don't believe in God. Like, I think this is kind of ridiculous. And if God exists, like and has the power to keep harm from occurring and chooses not to do that like fuck that which is exactly how i kind of ended up leaving right it was like you have the power to mitigate harm because you're all powerful and you're choosing not to do that like i don't fuck with people like that in in my real life right so i'm certainly not going to worship someone who does that mm-hmm. um so yeah i thought that, that was really interesting but but the but the father paul's character was was really fascinating to me um like as you start to kind of piece it together it it gets it kind of gets a little weird which was you know that's fine um but I really did it it was strange because like listening to uh, listening to him preach I'm not somebody who is I guess triggered by church stuff necessarily um like going to a Sunday service like that's not something that bothers me i'm just like yeah whatever i'm wasting 90 minutes of my day for somebody i love because i'm not going for myself mm-hmm. but i actually really enjoyed listening to, to father paul's sermons <laughs> yeah especially early in the show like 
some of his little speeches and things. I was like, yeah, I, I like that. When he started talking about like God's army and stuff, I was like, okay, I'm going to check out now. Yeah, that, no, I like, wasn't, that's like wasn't, last episode I stuff. I didn't agree with, with any of it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. a believer. I didn't agree with anything he said, right? I was like, oh, I kind of like, I kind of like listening to like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe the Holy like, Spirit is moving oh, yeah. in you, Tori. Yeah. Drawing the you angel, towards the angel demon of the baby. Lord. <laughs> oh, fuck boy demon. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I really, I thought that that was very interesting and they gave him like so frequently in, in film, um, you can, the people who are preaching have like no fucking clue what they're talking about. The people who wrote the scripts have never been to an actual church service except to like Mm-hmm. listen to a sermon so they could write a script um m- like uh fuck i can't remember i think it's pulp fiction but like some some i think it's anyway some movie like some classic movie i remember i was like they started quoting the bi- a bible verse and i was you know i was like 21 and i was just like this is not in the bible like i have read all of that shit and i know for a fact that this is not in there Mm-hmm. Like, yeah that's pulp it's fiction not. yes yeah. pulp fiction a lot of but bible like, verse sounding stuff i wish the, the whole bible verses... was written by quentin tarantino well that's fair that's that's valid <laughs> it's true at least he has editors um but like the actual bible verses that they use in the show are like our bible verses and the way mm-hmm. that they are twisted mm-hmm. to get the outcome that people who are trying to accumulate power want yes is very similar to, it's not evangelical, right? It's a Catholic church, mm-hmm. but um, it's very similar to how we grew up learning to kind of twist the words to make them mean what we needed them to mean in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the way that Bev talked about, um, talking about like the one of the bowls of God's wrath being darkness and how, you know, these vampires, like God is preparing you for that. Like, you know, you're going to become a vampire. You can only be in darkness. God's preparing you for that. And it's like, that that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. But like, she literally had a verse for it. But she had a verse for it. And so, or she starts burning the town down. And she's like, the Lord will consume a third of them in fire. So like, got to be about the Lord's work. So she starts tossing gasoline. (laughs) Yeah, clearly I got to burn this town down. Um, and, And even those are the more extreme ones, but even there was a scene in the school where, you know, all these religious things are starting to happen in the town. Um, you know, Alice, cause you haven't seen it. The, uh, the, uh, father Pruitt, he starts putting this vampire blood in the communion wine and giving it to people and it starts healing people. So people are like, their eyesight's getting better. This girl that hasn't walked in like most of her life starts walking. So people are starting to get healed. So this is happening in this town before even all the overtly evil stuff is happening. And so Bev is one of the school teachers and she like reads a verse out loud in school. And so they have a school meeting about it. And like, it was a very good, honestly, cultural commentary back and forth, but her like pious grandstanding I'm just reading something that inspires me. And if someone's offended by that, I can't see how someone could be offended by something that inspires me. 
Um, you know, and if you wanted to read the Quran, I wouldn't stop you. Not that there's anything inspiring in the Quran, but if you could find something like I would let you read that, you know, it was just that very, like, it's hard to pin down, but like, you know, right. you know, she's bullshitting. Like, yeah. um, so it very much was like, I feel like Mike Flanagan or whoever actually was one of his writers has definitely sat in a lot of these conversations lot, before. Yeah. Uh-huh. and knew because there were so many of those that like just brought me right back and and I'm not yeah. necessarily traumatized by that like some people do are right. but I I would say if you even after we give you all these spoilers if you do want to watch it if you are easily triggered by scenes of religious fundamentalists being religious fundamentalists um this is not the show for you because to me yeah. that's the most horrific part was how easy it was for them to deceive themselves using the Bible to, to do yeah, to manipulate atrocious in order things. To, yes, yes, exactly. And it, it, I mean, is that wrong? Like the Bible has been used to justify atrocities for yeah. millennia at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think looking like when I think of like the Spanish Inquisition and it, it wasn't necessarily sometimes as bad as what pop culture makes it, pop culture makes it, but it was definitely awful. Uh, and parts of it were utterly heinous um sometimes i've i've wondered for a long time like how could how how could they justify that like what you know but like after watching that show and obviously gaining a little more maturity and seeing what people do it's like oh okay like people want power people want to kill other people it's pretty easy to find that in the bible um it's not right if you need it if you need it it's there like kind of scary the bible is i think definitely a cultural Chekhov's gun um, <laughs> that just kind of sits there waiting for some asshole to pick it up and shoot people with it like it's like that oh and, boy and this and this move and this show was definitely that my favorite sort of a trick question man on the street bit that I see a lot of Europeans doing more so than Christians uh, is they'll go around and find Christians usually in like London and they'll read them Bible verses, but tell them that it's a passage from the Quran. And then they're like, yeah, this is why Muslims got to be, you know, we got to keep an eye on them. They're just so violent. And then the end, they're like, just kidding. It's from the Bible. And That's then great. you see how embarrassed they are. Yep. Uh, once again, if you haven't read the Bible, you're not a Christian. Uh, that's just from me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Alice's standard is. Alice's not- standard. If <laughs> I was God, I wouldn't let you into heaven. You ain't fuck <laughs> one time. Just going to say that. I do feel like it's, I, honestly, I don't know just full confession i don't know that i've i have i'm really confident that i've read the entire bible i have not read it's it not in order like page one to, to yeah. page yes. to tissue page a thousand straight through <laughs> like i don't think i've ever done that and and that's fine i don't care um my eyes have fallen on every page of it oh absolutely. of that i am certain yeah, absolutely um, so I did want, I did have one other thing to say, which I thought was fascinating, is that the little demon vampire creature never speaks. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. it never tells them its evil plan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, um, I don't know that it really ever actively tries to deceive anyone yeah. as to what its intentions are. And yeah. I, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I found that silence interesting. Yeah. Because the religious people in the community just filled that void with all of their God stuff. Like, mm-hmm. this is an angel from the Lord coming to give us the blood of Jesus. 
you know and it's just like sitting there like fine you want to drink this become my little vampire slave like but it just it has no speaking lines at all other than hissing and like a few howls in the night blood drinking noises um but like but they don't like that i found that so interesting that like it it did not tell them what to do yes they just oh we must worship this thing it's an angel and you see the okay so that's really interesting because like the thing that was so interesting to me was how how demon baby was just so much more powerful than anyone that was there and it was like father pruitt thinks that he's controlling this thing and it's like honey what what are you doing like no like you are not the boss here (laughs) like big boy is the boss you've got this very twisted (laughs) yeah this thing is the boss and it's it is going to wreck your shit up yeah Um, and then it's like takes out his baby mama which again i will say i think that whole mess demon baby mess could have been prevented if catholic priests weren't required to be celibate it's like no i had to go into the desert to find god i mean demon baby and i had to bring him back in a bucket and i had to bribe to bribe people (laughs) like (laughs) Like you're talking about like all the work that he went through to bring to bring to bring the even baby back to the island. So yeah, he discovers funny. this thing, like he discovers this thing in like a hole in the ground in Palestine and like drags it basically back to this little town uh, little island in Maine. <laughs> Which I'm just like, I don't understand people's motivations ever for anything. And like I've never tried to because I grew up reading the Bible and like people's motivations are non-existent. <laughs> It's just God did it, but like, yeah, I, I was like, what, who, what, who? I don't get it. Who would do this under any circumstance? Like, if you were gonna give me a billion dollars, I would not drag that demon baby's ass from Palestine to Maine. I just wouldn't do it. Like, yeah, if I had a billion dollars, I would cover that hole up. Like, right. I'm like, we're gonna cement this shit. You are never coming out. <laughs> we are burying your ass back in there. Like. <laughs> oh this is a mistake you gotta stay here bud yeah thanks for the immortality i'm covering this shit up (laughs) so true so true i don't get it famous famous susan b anthony quote where she says i um what she's like i'm very skeptical of people who claim to know so well god's will because i notice that it always lines up with their will like with what they want to do. So of course this guy is going to be like, I have to show everyone this cool demon baby I found. Obviously God wants me to do this, you know, that just goes for it. Mm -hmm. People justify anything. They're like, this is what God wants. Every single girl that I knew in high school youth group would get a crush on a guy and be like, God wants me to marry him. That's, uh, that's what God said. Yep. There was a, I remember I went to a Christian college and there was a girl who's, you know, super cute like definitely was flirting with her she definitely told me she was dating jesus fine i believed her you know but then like a week later she's sniffing around this other guy and i like (laughs) i started calling him jesus like he has no idea why i did this like oh that's amazing she must have found jesus like (laughs) like so she was dating jesus for like a week and a half i mean it could have she could have just been blowing me off that actually is a great way to blow off a guy at a christian college like sorry Mm. I'm dating the Lord, um, yes. <laughs> but it's like, oh, Jesus must have dumped you. Like now you're <laughs> sniffing around this guy. Um, we so anyway, definitely talk about uh, 
Christian dating. So I've got some stories about guys that tried to trick me into relationships and dates under the guise of starting a Bible study together. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. That'll be its own episode. <laughs> start, start a Bible study. Oh, just you showed up. Oh, oh man. I guess we don't have to read the Bible. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, and run an ad, Ads. an ad, a, a targeted ad that you will find refreshing and entertaining and useful to your life. <laughs> um, but if you're a patron and you have the ad-free version of this, you're just going to have like a two or three second break and then we'll be back. So, all right, we'll see you. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Uh, hey, everybody. Back. Um, took a little break. Had to just talk about you behind your backs. So we're <laughs> done with that now. We decided you're going to hell. <laughs> no, we had, a, we had an unspoken prayer request, but it was because you're going to hell. Yeah. That's why we were praying for you. Yep. Um, yeah, now we're going to talk about, you know, Halloween, evangelical Halloween, to be specific. Mm-hmm. Evangelicals have a lot of strong feelings about many, many things, most of which I think don't matter. And then there's a couple things that do matter. This is one of those things that they have strong feelings about that, like, does not matter. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one is impacted. No one is harmed. They have, however, like very much run with the narrative that people are are actively harmed and and even killed on yeah. halloween which was like yeah. what alice and i grew up with was being told that that satanists sacrifice small children mm-hmm. yeah to That's satan yeah, obvious to satan obviously not not to god yeah. um trick-or-treat is to get you out of the house and yes. yeah. kidnap you yeah which is just like it's 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 not true like sorry guys like if halloween you- like Halloween isn't like a particularly safe night for kids. And that's because apparently none of you are looking where you're going and you run your cars into children. Yeah. It has nothing yeah. to do with Satanists. It's like, you need to pay more fucking attention on the road when there are small people running around wearing all black because they're yeah. a really awesome ninja. Like yeah, don't send like them to the hospital. Insecure oh, white dudes with like lifted up trucks. Like they're the most dangerous thing on Halloween. <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> Not no, and, and maybe, maybe every other day too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if you grew up with the idea that there are Satanists that were going to try to kidnap you on Halloween, um, you should listen to a, uh, two episodes of a podcast about this guy named Mike Warnke. Because he was the one who, like, in the early 80s, his last podcast on the left, he's the one in the early 80s that, like, got... No, he's not a wizard. He claimed to be an ex-Satanist, and he got on, like, Hmm. uh, CNN and, like, you know, 60 Minutes or, like, 2020, something like that. They would, like, interview him. I saw them sacrificing children. Yeah, and they would just take his word as fact that he was this former satanic murderer, and he got invited to speak at all these churches and, like, the 700 Club, and I listened to that podcast and realized that this Mike Warnke guy legit ruined my childhood. Like, (laughs) 
the whole thing was him saying that like Satanists are out to get you on Halloween and churches were eating that bullshit up and paying him a bunch of money to speak at their churches. Mm-hmm. And that's how it, that's how it got into the culture in like the early eighties. It's like, it's such a grift. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, Oh, it was an know. absolute grift. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, oh, and that there's so many of those grifters that have created panics. Um, uh, Carmen, which looking uh, at you. Yeah. Um, which we, <laughs> I did want to mention that I don't think we're doing a drinking game necessarily because uh, it's, this yeah, is a no, trick or treat is... themed. So just like treat so yourself eat your, eat to your drink kids candy. Eat your kids candy. There you go. Get yourself Perfect. some goes, like goes great with podcasts. I well, I was gonna say get yourself some mold wine, but I'm thinking like mold wine and like candy does not go together. So that's fair. Whatever yeah. drink you want, some vodka, like whatever. Um, so <laughs> enjoy yourself as we talk about the craziness that's evangelical holidays oh boy. Uh, yeah i i i was i was telling tori earlier that my family was not necessarily the satanists are coming to get you family like we were allowed to do trick-or-treat there's a lot of halloween stuff we were allowed to do but i went to a church that had a lot of fundamentalists in it uh, i went to a private christian school that also had a lot of fundamentalists in it so I was definitely exposed to the like Halloween is Satan's holiday. And I I was I was always kind of like, this is kind of cool. Like we're gonna go out <laughs> yes. on Satan's holiday and we're gonna get a bunch of candy. Um <laughs> I went to probably every year my church went to a hell house or I don't what? know. Have you never heard of these? What? I always wanted to go to an evangelical oh, 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 I am about to give you a treat, Tori. Oh, man. Um, so take a drink, everyone, if you've never heard of a hell house or if you've been to a hell house. So a hell house is like a Christian haunted house yeah. um, where they try to scare you into being are there saved. angels. Yes, there are. There's with, angels with and demons. Many eyes. And no, not those, but where they try to scare you into being saved. So usually you go to like some big church and then it's like, it's, it's honestly the production value on these can vary. Um, but you know, it's relatively good production value. Um, you would go to like these different like stations and see these different scenes. It's like the first one is like these kids in a youth group going into a Bible study, uh, and they're just talking and all of a sudden like a demon jumps out, you know, but the, they can't see him. And the demons like saying like, don't get saved, you know? Oh um, my God. And then the next scene is like, they got in a car accident. <gasps> and, you know, the demons are like, mm, you know, and then oh, it's, oh my gosh, it's so yeah. manipulative. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Some of them incorporate so, abortion. It's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yes. A shocking number of them incorporate some kind of abortion or like, even if it's not open, it's like, you know, then like you get to the gates of heaven and then like, you know, someone comes up, maybe it's an aborted baby or something, but they're like a teenager <laughs> and like, oh, you go into heaven, you know, and then, and then, you know, like when someone gets condemned into hell, like a demon bursts out from like behind the crowd or something. It, it, it's, that part's terrifying, like grab them and tear them to hell, you know. Um, and so like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's it can be legit terrifying for people and you know the production value of the ones i went to was fairly good um but then you know they take you down to the church basement and then they try to get you saved because like that's creepier that's after that part is the church like, basement yeah like after that after seeing like multiple people get drugged into hell simply because they were like i don't want to get saved tonight they're like so do you want to get saved tonight 
Um, I remember my brother and I, we, this was one year we went to one and my, uh, my brother loves Halloween. Like he, like his house is the one, like he makes a legit like haunted house at his house for kids to go through. Um, Like, so he's like hardcore to this. Like, I think he was going more for like the production value. Like what ideas can I get from this thing (laughs) to go back and do my haunted house? Um, Anyway. So I remember we were teenagers and we down, you know, they split you up and like this counselor or something was, you know, asking us if we wanted to be saved. And we were both like, we're already Christians. And it was like, he was disappointed. Like, like, all right, I guess Aww. we'll sit here and stare at each other for 15 minutes while your other friends are getting saved. Um, <laughs> like, I have no way to relate to you as a human. So because right, that doesn't matter. Because you were a mark. Um, you know what's funny when these guys go up to you and they're like god told me to talk to you and then you're like i'm a christian and they have to be like oh shit i wasn't really hearing god and that i think makes them really uncomfortable oh yeah mm-hmm. like oh oh you're a christian well god must have brought me here for a reason yeah like, yeah <laughs> like no you just <laughs> just no. walked over yeah God, I've always wanted to go to a Christian-themed haunted house. Uh, our sister, Liz, went to Rama Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and she went to a few of these. And after I heard about it, I was fascinated. One of these days, I will I go. But there's, I there's so many. have them here. No, I don't think there's any in Oregon or California that I'm aware of. I've I mean, there might be some like in Riverside. This. Apparently, this is like a there. Midwest thing it's a bible belt thing but there's so many christian alternatives to trick-or-treating they try to get you in the church on halloween rather than on the street um just yeah because the devil the devil makes a great villain and if you got a villain that makes church a little bit more exciting so they got to keep incorporating him into the you know (laughs) into the whole thing yeah and yeah these yeah these hell houses like i when I was a youth pastor, I refused to take kids to them because I felt like they were just ridiculous and manipulative. But yeah, I went to them yeah. as a teenager I mean, yeah. because they were, yeah, it was just this really weird thing. And yeah, they were a lot of them. Like they weren't, I mean, not not like not as many like as haunted houses, but I remember. Right, but they were around. around. Yeah. yeah, they were around and it's something that, you know, youth group kids did. You would go mm-hmm. to this alternative. And wow. they would have harvest parties at churches which I, which I find really funny because churches talk about Halloween being pagan. Like Halloween is like all Hallows Eve. And this whole thing started in, in people. The narrative is that it was used to like appropriate a pagan holiday. But if you really dig into a lot of Halloween traditions, it's like, no, the Catholic church just kind of made this up. It was just kind of like, <laughs> we need a holiday at this time. Mm, all Saints Day. Yeah. Um, so, but like, a harvest festival is actually more pagan than <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Like, That's like solstice type of shit. That's very pagan. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I am too. Like, let's do you know the what's autumn funny? equinox we, together. Yeah. <laughs> we went to a, uh, we went to our church's harvest party once as kids. Yeah. We weren't allowed and, to even go to harvest parties. That's how anti Halloween our mother was. Yeah. So like uh, harvest parties were year, also honoring Satan. Yeah. The next year I asked my mom, are we going to go to the harvest party again? I was so excited because I hated staying home on Halloween when all my friends were having fun. Oh, and And knocking on our door all night long. That sucks. No, all night long. And our um, mom wouldn't answer it. I'll tell you a funny story about that. In the dark. I'm not joking. But first, um, uh, I asked her the next year, we went to the harvest party once 
And I asked her the next year, are we going to the harvest party again? And my mom, this is the only time I've ever seen her like actually be sad and show empathy for someone. Uh, even though that someone was God, she goes, um, no, because how do you think that it makes God feel that we celebrate the devil's holiday at his house? Oh, <laughs> oh my fucking God. He would turn off all the lights in our house. We were not allowed to turn the lights on in our house on Halloween because she didn't want people to think we were home because she didn't want trick-or-treaters to come to the door. But and she everyone would hang in our fine. neighborhood knew yeah. that we were home because we were fucking homeschooled. So we yeah. were always home. We were always like, home. And probably some of the kids wanted to show us their costumes. My mom ran a daycare. Yeah. Sometimes the kids would come over just to show us their costumes because they wanted. Oh but my, my mom would hang a sign outside the door that had a jack-o'-lantern that was drawn really well. And then a big circle and a line through like slash like a red circle with a line slash through it. And it's try to make people think that we weren't participating in Halloween, but it just made our shit look like a haunted house. So people would come to the door more (laughs) because that fucking sign. So after like three or four years, she had to stop using the sign. Oh my gosh. And we'd stay home and watch Carmen on the Trinity Broadcasting Network. He had a big night on Halloween. His mission 316. And Um, he would sing and dance. And I think he was might have been gay. Um, but what, what was like, was the which one was the Halloween one? Mission so, Satan Bite the Dust. Oh, it was Mission 316. Mission 316. It was so yeah, dumb. It was so like dumb. a bunch of it was like a bunch of Muppets who were actually who were supposed to be demons who were like yeah. the bad guys talking about how they were trying to keep people out of heaven. Fighting Christians in combat boots is so stupid. Oh it my was, gosh. Yeah, yeah. It was literally it was like a it was like a cross between like the Muppets and like the Ferengi. Like it was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. And like yeah, they were just trying to keep people out of heaven. It's like if we get them to hell, like we win a prize yeah. or yeah, something like, all satan wants <laughs> is for you to go to hell satan satan is deeply invested in how many souls he gets to have in hell even though they default to hell because god made a stupid ass system yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like don't most people go to hell by default right like, so it's like you don't even have to put me working bud yeah that's a huge advantage for satan why would he spend any demons to heaven or to earth to fuck with us because it's like they're already headed to Satan anyway. Yeah, maybe if we don't do supernatural shit, they won't go to church to try to figure out why it's happening. Yeah, like... (laughs) And weirdly, like, it seems like Satan is doing so much more to get people into hell than God is doing to get people into heaven. (laughs) Oh my God. What the fuck? (laughs) Fuck God. I'm over it. Yeah, yeah like, Christians think that Satan did 9-11. I'm like, what has God done in recent history that was as good as 9-11 was bad? Can I yeah. just ask? <laughs> well, he got me that really good parking spot at the Hobby Lobby. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Costco. And oh my God. I got a great deal on yarn. God is with me. You know, <laughs> like I find it so funny that the in some ways it it always defaults into this like immature selfishness that the Prince of Darkness gives a fuck about you to begin with. <laughs> like, like that by itself. Uh, and then like that, he is going to come and tempt you. Like he's going to use his power to tempt you to like, like you're Nick and accounting. No one cares if you look at porn, like least of all the devil. And out of hell going, yes, he's watching more MILF compilations. <laughs> yeah, like, like, why, like, it just, like, I, I think if I'm, 
if I'm Satan, I don't care about you. Like you are going to fuck your own life up. I'm better off if I just, if I, I don't like, have to do anything. Like, I don't have to do oh, anything. Yeah. Like if I, I'm Satan, I'm taking all of my demons to a cooler planet. If God wants earth that bad, he can fucking have it. There's a whole universe. Like I will fuck off elsewhere. I don't give a is, shit about that's so people. funny because it's like, yeah, I feel, I feel this way about like the way that we were parented. Like they put so much effort into getting literally no results. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so why did you do this? Why do you think that this was going to work for you? Yeah. I, I remember I was part of a vineyard church in Miami and a lot of people there were fantastic, I, I will say. Uh, some people, though, were talking about, like, they were talking about how they were going up against the Prince of Miami, you know, because, like, every oh, every God. city has a demonic prince, and this uh-huh. one's specialty is, like, lust Daniel. or whatever. Like, lust. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, Not climate you, change. It's you lust. associated lust with Miami. Wow, you figured it out. Um, but yeah it's just like like there's like delusions of grandeur um yeah that 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 i am being targeted for attack um and most of the people that are super into demonology aren't doing anything (laughs) like like i'm sorry you're not you're not saving the universe um for sure for christ i mean it's absolutely like delusions of grandeur that you're like i have to save the city of miami i'm the only one that knows this giant demon is attacking it knows about me and it hates me and it's like Mm -hmm. no no the world's moving around without you but i think almost all the christians that we went to church with because we went to church in portland oregon and we were like probably one of the most fundamentalist families at that church because all of my friends could trick-or-treat and we mm-hmm. were not allowed they couldn't believe we weren't allowed to trick-or-treat they thought our mom was nuts and they were right uh, not wrong yeah almost every single one of my friends was allowed to go trick-or-treating uh they did not give a shit my parents were watching tv preachers and then trying to get our church to be like more anti-halloween it was yeah. weird that we weren't allowed to go to the harvest party but as soon as we hit junior high and high school my mom was like you can go volunteer at the harvest party so we would go and and like run the little booths for the other kids that we had uh, not been allowed to like go and play at oh my gosh somehow that feels worse like, like you <laughs> oh were not allowed gosh. to go here but you can no, help other people like, have fun my, yeah it was like our mom was like yeah halloween is satan's birthday yeah like that was just like a real thing that she thought like he was born on a day that corresponded with like a place that the planet was in relation to the sun which Mm -hmm. did not exist yet (laughs) yeah what are you talking about yeah and like and i look at the roots of halloween um and trick-or-treating even they're actually very christian roots Mm -hmm. like trick or trick or treating or what became trick-or-treating was a tradition that happened a lot in front, like before um, a lot of major Christian holidays. This is why, you know, there's all, there's all saints day, which is the holiday. And then there's all hallows Eve. There's Christmas day, which is the holiday. There's Christmas Eve. There's, you know, Easter Sunday, but then there's Holy Saturday. It's because a lot of times what people, what poor people would do, because they're enterprising and smart, they would be like, all right, all these rich religious people, are feeling away because the religious holiday is coming. So we're just going to walk around town and we're going to ask them to be charitable. And so yeah. like, this was a very common practice in medieval Europe and in Christendom for poor people or people who are less fortunate to go around town 
and ask for, you know, a handout essentially, or, you know, reparations or whatever you want to call it, like to be like, Hey, you know, Sunday's coming. And so can you pony up here? You know, you'll get in with God if you do this. Um, and honestly, caroling came from this too. Like caroling was common on All Hallows Eve. And it makes sense. It's like, it's yeah. a, it's the night before like a holy day. So yeah, most of Halloween's satanic, and... most of Halloween's satanic connotations came from the church needing a villain to prop up to make their shit more us versus them. And more everybody's exciting. like, wait, why are we still, why are we still doing this? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. they're like, well, Satan is here and he's yeah. going to ruin your, ruin your crops. So you have to, <laughs> yes, you got to do your thing. You have to come to mass. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be in trouble with the devil. <laughs> Satan cares about your crops. Yeah. <laughs> God, what was Satan doing before porn was invented? You know, he really was just, was just fucking just with like, people's Yeah, farm. he was just, yeah. <laughs> That's just sitting around doing nothing <laughs> nothing man. he's like wait a second <laughs> if we can get them to draw each other hmm, i don't have to worry about the crops anymore then we might be onto something oh, yeah jesus that is so funny yeah like it it's it's wild and the and it still goes on like the satanic panic or the associations with stuff like i couldn't play dungeons and dragons as a kid mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. that was because that was you know that was Satan's it was an game. open invitation to the devil to, yeah. to mm-hmm. demons to like Which, come into your life i'm sorry gary gygax the guy that created it was like very steeped in western credi- christian traditions like like so yeah. my mom got rid of world of warcraft because my brother was playing and she thought it was demonic Honestly, it was my fault. I started having nightmares about it, but the nightmares I had were because she was telling me about demons every Halloween. And so that terrified me, but she got rid of the Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, not Dungeons, sorry, a World of Warcraft because she thought it was satanic. And honestly, I think she did my brother a favor because he would have gotten sucked into that game for the rest of his life if she hadn't thrown that shit out. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Well, that was our childhood. Yeah. And now I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta have a stand-up show. I have to go to. Y'all right. can keep talking about Jesus. Uh, no, it's been real. Thanks for I, having I me. Hate that. No, yeah. tell people where to find you. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram at Miss Alice Hamilton, M I S S Alice Hamilton, and I'm on Twitter at Alice R Hamilton. Yeah, Rad. thanks for coming on. For yeah, sure. thanks for having me. You're cool. Good luck at your show. Break a, whatever you're supposed to break when you do comedy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye. All right. So Halloween is wild. Uh, and then it's, it's, it's bad in terms of evangelicalism. Like they've just turned it. They've, they've weaponized it like everything else, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you doing to not weaponize it for your kids? Like what Halloween traditions do you have now, if any? I, um, I mean, I just like, I just let my kids trick or treat, like ask them what they want to dress up as. So far, nobody's wanted to be the devil. I'm not sure that my kids even know that the devil is a concept, like a construct that exists in the world yet, (laughs) which, you know, whatever, doesn't matter. He's fake. Um, but yeah, I mean, we haven't done anything like super intense, you know, but they just, they get dressed up when they were littler. We, I did take them to, um, the harvest party at my parents' church just cause it was like, 
I have two tiny kids and I'm fucking exhausted. And like, I just want them to be mm-hmm. somewhere where ev- like everyone is contained and there's more adults than like just me watching them. Um, and that like, honestly, that was helpful that I feel like it was kind of before trunk or treat was a thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in Portland, at least Maybe I could be wrong about that, but yeah, like trunk I or treat really is kind of part of it. Taken um, off now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your house is a very terrifying place. So you have to make children come to your car and breathe a bunch of fumes. Yeah. That's the lamer, lazier trick or treat. Oh gosh. It's like, it, it is, it does seem a little sad. Like I get why like some people, I'm sure in some communities, like it's a very helpful thing to have. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. not everybody gets to live in a super nice suburb. Uh, but yeah, like at this point, it's just, we just kind of go trick or treating and we just like, we made it a thing and they're into it. And my kids do all of the work and I get to steal any of their candy that they like, which with, no, the candy that I like. I still the candy I like. I don't care. Like, I don't like most candy. So they're they're really mm-hmm. not in danger. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been like it's been really interesting to realize that this like really kind of corny, what what's become a incredibly corny childish holiday, right? That that mm-hmm. that celebrates like creativity and sugar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. was terrifying like terrifying to our parents like that's just fucking weird to me yeah it's it's like the cheesiest weirdest holiday mostly is. because it's like a grab bag of holiday traditions that i think they just didn't know where to put them yeah yeah and... just everything was left over <laughs> so it's it's honestly a very secular and very i don't know capitalistic Mm. holiday in this in the sense that it's like buy random shit um like for you know to give away and and that's not even a, a bad thing necessarily i'm just the 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 forces that shaped halloween were not ancient necessarily nor were they demonic um although capitalism is pretty demonic but that's you know true. that's true oh. That's um true. that's a different podcast altogether that's how we that's that's how we got here i i am yeah. very fascinated by like like, I want to hear what you do with your kids. I guess it's probably yeah. just what you did growing up. I mean, I like, yeah. I take my kids to the pumpkin patch and whatever also. So we definitely do like all the fun fall shit. Um, Cause it's, you know, Pacific Northwest, it's like, it's gorgeous here. Why would yeah. you not go and do all of the, all of the things outside because you're surrounded by like mountains and massive rivers and these gorgeous forests, like being out mm-hmm. during the fall is just incredible here. So I, I do try to do like all of the things, yeah. um, you know, apple picking, pumpkin patch, like they want to do hay rides or whatever. Like, I just, I, I love that. Um, and it's really funny. Cause actually like we were allowed to, we, we would go to the pumpkin patch every year but we were not allowed to carve jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> like the lines are very strangely drawn yeah. in terms of like, what is sin? Yeah. What is honoring to Satan and what's okay to participate in? That's, that's fundamentalism know. though. Like, that is fundamentalism. For sure. Like, Ooh. like my grandma loves tabloids. Like, like okay. the, like the you know we yeah. call them the smut like magazines you know gossip yeah okay yeah. or she did I she's like well into her 80s now but like you know I'm talking about like when she was in her 60s you know or something so. yeah but she didn't like to buy them like she didn't want to be seen buying them you know 
Um, okay. So my stepdad would buy them for her, like kind of as a joke. Um, oh, wow. But it's just, it's kind of a funny thing. Like, I don't want to hurt my witness buying this thing that I want. Oh my goodness. But I still want it and I'll happily uh, and read it if to, yeah. someone else brings it to me. Like that's the kind of funny, um, oh just the way, that's the way fundamentalism is. Um, I don't know yeah. that, I think, you know, we do a lot more on Halloween, I think now, um, than I did as a kid. Mm, um, okay. More just like kid stuff. Like when... Like October 1st hits, I make a big deal out of it being like spooky movie season. So we okay, watch yeah. so we watch Nightmare Before yep. Christmas, we watch Adam's Family. Um, we didn't get a chance to watch Beetlejuice this year. Uh, my kids are a little too young, maybe, for Beetlejuice. Um, but like like just not scary movies, you know, like we have yeah. a very clear line between spooky and scary. Okay. Um, and so we're like, we just watch like spooky, fun, quirky movies, and like our, our, my kids love that, and we do like the pumpkin patch and our our town's library they haven't done it for two years because of covid but oh, they yeah. do a um harry potter night oh and okay it it is fantastic like oh, it is awesome. like it is a magical night they have like owls like actual owls and people on stilts and i held a tarantula and they do like trivia and they like it's they really like you go in there um because our library has like this very high ceiling when you okay, walk in yeah. and they project stars up there like it's the hogwarts like dining oh hall my so God. they do like a they do a fantastic job our libraries in general are amazing um and they are public good that we should love socialism forever love socialism yeah. um and and but they're also they have they have a dragon on top of the um that like someone at the like local college made it's like this giant not paper mache it's more robust than that but it's hilda right, the dragon right. so like we drive by and our, my kids are like hilda the dragon like yay hilda's Aww. out it's halloween you know um yeah, that's so great. so like we just try to make fun traditions out of it and we really? and we've made you know tradition out of we call it an ofrenda. I don't like calling it that because that's not really our culture, but we do right. make kind of a, I wouldn't even call it an altar. We're just like a, a spot mm. in the house for okay. dead relatives. Yeah. Um, and we'll put their picture up and we'll light a candle and just kind of remember them. Like we don't make that's a huge really deal sweet. out of it. Yeah. Um, so I can, we'll put little things out that they would have liked. Um, oh yeah. Um, just like as a way to remember them. And yes. so We'll do that as like that's my our only like maybe witchy pagany kind of thing we do. Um, I don't even know if that's actually a traditional thing as far as like ancient <laughs> Halloween practices go. So it's actually it's a pretty Catholic thing to do, honestly. Um, yeah, I feel like Catholics are kind of into that all year, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, we just try to make it fun, and yeah. we try to make it interesting for our kids and engage them at their level and mm -hmm. and teach them to not be afraid of really anything right you know you experience yep. it directly so like if my kid wants to go to a haunted house i'll let her go to a haunted house and she totally. might and she might be like don't like that i've right. had a direct experience of that <laughs> and i choose to not have it again um <laughs> and that's fine like mm -hmm. or you know if they decide to not go trick-or-treating actually one year they didn't which was frustrating because we got her all dressed up she was excited about it all week we got to trick-or-treat oh, night man. and she was like i don't want to go no. like 
I'm not going to be an asshole to a three-year-old <laughs> or two is maybe five. Like, like, why would you do that? So fine. So she got to pass it out. That's what we did. Like she oh, like got her little okay, wonder yeah. woman outfit and she passed yeah. it out. Um, and well, that's fine. Like, so I think, I think just, you know, we roll with it and we don't put any religious stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And it, it is funny. Like, yeah. Cause I think like the devil, like as a, the devil as a real thing that people believe in, I do think mm-hmm. my daughter is kind of oblivious to. She knows about right. demons and stuff, I think from Dungeons and Dragons, but but they're like <laughs> fictional things that you fight and defeat. They're not like- Right, these powerful beings that have potentially yeah, control over your entire life. That you know can definitely tempt you and may be able to read your thoughts. That was always a debate in like my youth group. Like, can demons read your thoughts? Or does only God have access to your thoughts? Um, I remember, I remember these conversations. Um, I remember like doing experiments where I would like feel like I was tempted by a demon, and I would rebuke it in my head silently, and nothing, you know, like, <laughs> like to see if it would work. To see if it would work, you know. And then I had one guy tell me like, "No, you have to say it out loud." Well, then it's like, well, crap. If I'm in a public place. And I feel like a demon is assaulting me, which is really probably just more like hormones, but. Um, they, okay. Hormones feel like demons. That's, that is true. I will. I'm like, I can attest to that I, this week specifically. I, I can they see why devil. people thought they were demons. <laughs> like I want to murder people. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're probably just hungry. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, pretty much. It was so weird too because my mom was just like oh yeah they you know every year they kidnap children and it was like there's no like you so you're not even going to look for like um like the news stories to see like which children were captured this year by the local satanists it's mm-hmm. like who went missing nobody so how does that work nobody went missing yeah. who's being sacrificed right now mom yeah, I I was I was reading something this week or maybe I was listening to something with my brain sometimes like what was a tweet and what was an article and what was a TikTok uh-huh. just kind of all comes together. Blends um, together. But there was yeah, there was a bunch of studies done about um yeah, kids being kids being snatched off the streets or kids being taken or um, and this is like on Halloween night, but also just generally, like, is this something to be afraid of? And statistically, no. And usually if a kid is snatched off the street, it's like from a non-custodial, it's by a non-custodial parent Yep. or like the, like you're you getting, usually it's like high nineties. Yeah. yeah. 90, probably I would be even say 98% of the time uh-huh. it's someone that the kid knows a child is a non-custodial member or someone very yeah Mm -hmm. so the like kid getting snatched up off the street by a complete stranger is exceedingly rare um like an almost non-existent risk maybe like on par with like probably even less likely to happen to you than a mass shooting um -hmm. So, like, all that to say, it really doesn't happen. But a lot of the like, when you confront people with that fact, like, well, you know, one of the most common defenses is like, well, maybe it just goes unreported. And I'm like, 
people are losing their kids and just choosing yeah. to say nothing about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like all these kids are getting sacrificed on Halloween night and mo- and parents are like, oh, I, eh. eh. Where's Jimmy? I don't know. He just I never know. came back. He never Should came back. Pops? Nah, whatever. Nah, let's just it's wait. fine. Let's just not have, let's just not have that kid anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> that doesn't happen. Under um, what circumstances is like a child going missing? Not re- that's, that's, that's when the parents did it, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's yeah. not reported, it's because the parents did it. Cause yeah, it's not cause some Satanist did it. Um, <laughs> the devil's not real. Um, but you don't need to be worried enjoy your halloween um but we also are entering into what i like to call the feasting season Mm. you know from halloween to christmas yeah um and we hope you have wonderful holidays however you celebrate them or whether you don't don't or don't celebrate them enjoy that too that's also beautiful that is that is a beautiful thing to just make space for yourself on federally mandated holidays to do whatever you want um that is lovely also a beautiful thing and we look forward to being with you through these holidays together you already met alice and you know where to get all of her things you can find us um at go home bible on twitter and instagram and if you can support us financially during this uh feasting season uh patreon.com slash go home bible if not share us with a friend share us with a relative Mm, share us with that weird uncle say yes. you know that fundamentalist uncle he should hear this too it's true it's very true you have a lot but to pre- say but, to your racist uncle yeah but preempt his one-star review with a five-star review of your own please yes <laughs> oh man yeah fundamentalists do not like our podcast turns out <laughs> turns out <laughs> they're kind of mad oops oh amazing all right well have a good day everyone on that yeah. note have a beautiful beautiful halloween yep go tell someone that satan isn't real that's mm-hmm. the good news that is the good news all right <laughs> good night bye to me once outside of an old navy and i was like oh no i'm a christian and they were like yeah they were like a going to church doesn't make you a christian any more than being in a garage makes you a car and i was like oh my god i get why everyone hated it when i was witnessing to them because this fucking sucks and it's insulting i was like dude i'm literally on the way to church after this old navy stop and but i was like oh god told him to talk to me so of course he thinks there's a reason why you know no it's just that he's a fucking racist you no know, i know i'm like he's a brown person and he's like let me tell let me tell this this little black girl about jesus and i'm like bitch i know more about god than you fuck
1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.